a small park with a slightly muddy pond and ducks. On the other side of the road from the little shops was a row of terraced houses. The end one of these, 14 Stanford Street, was the one everybody knew. It was a tall house with a wrought iron balcony, and built onto it on the ground floor was a red brick surgery, where the patients waited. For number 14 was the doctor's house. It belonged to Dr. James Hamilton, and to see him, rather than other more fashionable doctors, the people of East Stanford would have walked miles. But the people were poor, and Dr. Hamilton charged them only what they could afford. So, in the doctor's house, the rugs were threadbare, the fires were lit as late in the day as possible, there was only a cook-general to serve the house, instead of the maid and cook and handyman that other houses in the terrace kept none of which mattered to the people who came there, because, lighting up the house with her warmth and her energy and her laughter, was the doctor's daughter. There was unrest among the patients waiting in the afternoon surgery. The plain little room was packed, because Dr. Hamilton was the doctor on duty and not his partner, but there were mutterings and murmurings of discontent. No one knew if it was true for certain, but if it was... It was bad news indeed. Joe Smithson sat with his sore legs stuck out in front of him, thinking about his wife. Mrs. Smithson was an invalid. She seldom left her room and Tally came to read to her. Actually more to read with her. They were in the middle of The Prisoner of Zender. Both of them liked sword fights and plenty of swashbuckling and people leaping off parapets. On the afternoons that Tally came after school, his wife was always cheerful. Should he ask the doctor if the rumours were true? Well, they'd know soon enough. Nothing stayed secret in the street for long. Old Mrs. Dawson, whose chest was bad again, stared at the notices pinned to the wall and thought about her dog. Tally took the dog out for her and said she didn't want to be paid because she liked dogs. She even liked Horace, who was a dachshund, and that was not a popular breed just now. Tally had punched a boy who'd sneered at him for being a German sausage dog. There wasn't anyone else who'd take him out for free, and Mrs. Dawson's budget was tight. Surely the rumours couldn't be true. Everyone knew that the doctor thought the world of his daughter. Why, it would break his heart to part with her. "'Next patient, please,' said the receptionist, Miss Hoy, and Mrs. Dawson made her way into the doctor's room. She'd ask him whether it was true. After all, she had a right to know. "'Have you heard?' said Mr. Cooper, as his son Kenny came in from the park. Kenny was the same age as Tally. They'd played together all their lives. "'Yes,' said Kenny." and went past the cabbages and the sacks of Brussels sprouts and out of the back of the greengrocer's shop into the mews. He'd be going to the stables, thought his father. When things were rough with him, Kenny often went to talk to Primrose. She was only an old Welsh cob who pulled the vegetable cart, but she was one of those horses that understood things. Tally's friend, Maybell, the corner shop, was angry when she heard the news. She became angry easily and now she picked up the trowel with which she'd been spooning lentils from a sack and threw it across the room. Tally wouldn't fight. Maybell knew that. 
She wouldn't bite and kick and lie down on the floor till she got her own way. Not where her father was concerned. It was going to be a nuisance doing without her friend. And she'd miss Maybelle's debut as a powder puff in the summer show at the Hippodrome. Come on, girl, said her grandmother. We've got all those bags to tie up before tomorrow. Shan't, said Maybelle. And she marched out of the shop and past the butchers and the cobblers till she came to the greengrocers. She'd see if Kenny knew. Why can't children be left alone? thought Maybelle angrily. The nuns were used to children being taken away. But I shall be sorry to lose her, said the Mother Superior. Sister Felicia, who produced the end-of-term plays in the convent, was feeling guilty. I should have let her be the Virgin Mary, she thought. She was always a sheep or a cow coming to the manger. I know how much she wanted the star part, but she was...